makes me feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down, the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. This is the Conquer Local podcast, a show about billion-dollar sales leaders, marketers leading local economic growth, and entrepreneurs who have created their dream organizations. They want to share their secrets, giving you the distilled version of their extraordinary feats. Our hope is with the tangible takeaways from each episode, you can rewire, rework, and reimagine your business. I'm George Leith, and coming up a two-part series, we're very proud to feature Chris Croft. Chris came from an operations background, having started as with an engineering degree from Cambridge, qualifying as a chartered engineer and working as a senior manager in manufacturing for 10 years. He gained an MBA and worked as a university lecturer for four years before starting his own training company 21 years ago called Shift Training. He's one of the most viewed authors on Udemy and on LinkedIn Learning with 36 courses, 24,000 views a day, and 18 million students total. His negotiation skills course on Udemy is the most popular negotiating course in the world. Get ready, Conquerors. Chris Croft is coming up next on this week's episode of the Conquer Local Podcast. Chris Croft joining us from Poole, England. Chris, how are you today? Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Yes, Chris Croft. <laughs> Thank you for having me on the show. It's the uh, it's the afternoon where I am, but it's the evening there, and you're getting ready to have some uh, curry in a few minutes with your family. So thank you for taking time out of your evening to join us uh, for this recording session on the show. And we're excited to speak to one of the world's foremost experts on negotiation. But I, when, when we were doing the research, we're going to get into negotiation in a moment, but I need some help, Chris. I, I noticed on one of your YouTube videos that we could talk for hours about you know, project management and time management and things like that. And I just seem to not have enough time in the day to get everything done that I need to get done. I, I was wondering if you could help me and, and give me a bit of that wisdom of yours on what might I be doing wrong? Well, um, in a way, it's good to be too busy because it means you've got lots of ideas and lots of imagination and lots of stuff you want to do. So it's not all bad, but if you are too busy, you only have five choices. And I'll quickly tell you about all five, all right? Really oh, fast. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. But there are only five. If there was only one, it would be easy because we would just do that one. But the difficulty is there are five, and you've got to work out which one to use when, okay? So the first thing is saying no. You can get more time just by saying no. And I, I don't know whether you are good or bad at this, George. I'm I don't awful at that. Well. I'm yeah, awful. So, so am I, actually. I, I think it's a trait that salespeople have. You know, we, we struggle to say no to customers or anything because it's always potential it could lead to work it could be interesting and I, i'm terrible at saying no to stuff so that's the first thing to get better at saying no and and by the way if you say no to just one hour a week of all the things you're offered that would save you 50 hours a year which is like a whole extra week a year you could get amazing you know it's a lot of time so so just a little bit of saying no is the first option the second option is to negotiate which is a bit like, it's like a partial no. You know, it's to say, I'll do 
I'll do your podcast, but I'll only do half an hour. Or, <laughs> or you know, I'll, I'll come and see you, but I, I, w- I won't get there till the afternoon. Or, or I'll do this bit of work. If you give it to me in spreadsheet format, then I'll look at it, you know? So again, you could probably save an hour a week by just doing part of a job or negotiating over how long you spend. That's the second option. Um, if you can't say no or negotiate, let's say it's an important customer or something like that, um, the third option is to say yes to it and then just not do it. No, I'm kidding. You can't have that one. Yeah. No. Although often people do. Um, no. The th- <laughs> and it's interesting because what? that's the default choice. If you don't do any of these other five, you know, you'll end up saying yes and not doing stuff. But I think that's really bad. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's bad for you. It's bad for them. Customers really don't like it. You, you think you're going to get away with it, but you never do. So anyway, so the real third option is if you can't say no or negotiate, is to say yes and give it to someone else. Mm. So you, you're working with Brett. He's great. Just give everything to Brett. He's going to delegate you know? everything to Brett. Um, yeah. And delegating is, it's my biggest regret from when I was a manager. I wish I'd done it more. We always think we can do it better or quicker or whatever, but, you know, Actually, once you've got good people who you trust, like like Brett, it's so good just to give them stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's your third option. And even if you're not a manager, you know, I pay a guy to cut the hedge in front of my house. And every time he does it, I have to pay him 40 pounds. And it, it's a little dagger in my heart. It hurts me every time. I think 40 pounds. I could have had that 40 myself. I could have cut that myself. I could have spent all day doing that hedge but a day of my life is worth 40 pounds surely mm-hmm. um, but that's the that's the next option delegating there's only two others if you can't stop it coming in and you can't give it to anybody else you have to do it yourself there are two ways you can get more done and people always focus on these but really it's better to stop it getting in in the first place but you can get more done by having more efficient systems so you can have um standard th- emails you send to people and everything really well filed on your computer so you can find it instantly and have spreadsheets that work stuff out automatically. And and I think you could save an hour a week by having better systems probably. But I think most of us, our systems are probably quite good. The main thing is anything that repeats, you need to have a system for it. Any repeating tasks, you need to have a way of doing them really efficiently and, and particularly a repeating problem. There's just no excuse for a repeating problem. You know, so if you quite often find that, you know, your car's run out of petrol or your car won't start or something, you know, you you have to fix that. And I'm amazed how many people's lives are full of repeated time wasters. So there's just no time for printers that jam up or whatever. So better systems. The final option, if all your systems are as good as they're going to be, is to be less fussy to not be such a perfectionist. I don't know what you're like as a perfectionist or not, but uh, some people are just really, really fussy about every every detail. And, and the key really with that is to discriminate between important and unimportant because important things have to be done really well. I mean, this this podcast we're making is really important and we want to do it as well as we possibly can with microphones and headphones and preparation. And I've got notes of things I want to remember to say. And, you know, that's important. There's a load of stuff in life that's not very important. And you want to spend the minimum on that. I mean, I can't believe in the supermarket you get behind somebody who's trying to find a packet of ham and they want it to be exactly the right weight. And they're looking for, you know, it's got to be like 
0.3 of a kilo and that the 0.4 is too big and 0.2 is too small and uh, and they're rummaging through all the packets to find one exactly the right size and you're thinking your life is not worth spending it rummaging through packets of ham in a supermarket you know and there's loads of things like that they're just ironing shirts i mean it doesn't matter does it so so being less fussy is the final option and well, that's I, all you've got you've got you've got those five choices saying no negotiating delegating better systems being less fussy and a combination of all of those will save you a lot of time well speaking of producer brett he, like i completely threw off his script because i i had chris croft on the podcast the foremost expert huh. in project and time management and i'm sucking at it so thank you for that i those are all written oh, down now useful. And I'm going to, I'm going to text you or WhatsApp you when I use these over the next couple of weeks, now that we're friends and, and you'll be able to see that even an old dog like George can be taught new tricks. So thank you for that. I, all of those things are things that I lament over that I need to get better. And, you know, we are in the reason I wanted to ask the question as well, is we're recording this in late December and, um, you know, we, we're moving into that. Uh, you know, take a good look at last year and then look at the year ahead and start to plan yeah. some things out. And I've already identified that, that time management is something that I definitely need to get get better at. Um, and and thank you for that. You're you're validating some of the items that that I that I know I need to do a better job of. So now let's get to the thing that I'm sure that our audience is also very excited. They're like, whoa, that was a freebie. Now let's get to the thing that our audience of sales professionals and sales leaders and entrepreneurs all over the world are going to really love. And that is these top tips around negotiating. And yeah. I, um, and we all know that negotiation is an important component of sales, but it's also, it's an important component of business. There's always a negotiation yeah. going on. It's not just when you're trying to conduct a transaction. It's also yeah. when you're working with your staff or you're working, you know, internally. So, you know, how, how did you arrive here at, at this expertise around negotiations? Like what, what led up to this, Chris? Well, Thanks for bigging me up as an expert on negotiating. But in a way, I don't think I am an expert, actually. I think what I do is I just explain the basics really clearly to people. And I think when you go on a negotiating course or, or when you want help with negotiating, 99 times out of 100, you're not doing the basics. And what you want to know is just the absolute basics. And if you do the basics, you, you'll be 90% of the way there. You know, and, and I'm planning to go through the top, my top 10 tips in a minute for salespeople. I think, because you're right, a lot of negotiating, they focus on buyers, buying, getting the price down. But actually, salespeople are negotiating much more than they realize as well. And so I've, I've been thinking about particularly negotiating from the sales point of view. I think that's probably what most of your audience will want to know. I, I wanted to ask about something you just said there, because I, I, I think that that's a really interesting point. I... I was uh, doing some one-on-one -on -one work with some sales reps this week and they, they were like, oh, I've got this client at the negotiation stage. And I'm like, the whole thing is the negotiation stage. Is, is that what you're saying? Yeah, totally. Um, it, it's weird because <clears throat> selling is like a moving towards, please buy my product, George, please. I know you'll really like it. And then, you know, please let me be on your podcast or whatever. And then negotiating is like a moving away. It's like, well, I'm not sure if I want to be on your podcast. I mean, you're going to have to pay me quite a lot to be on your podcast. Not that you are, but you know, but, but that would be, you know, the negotiating is like, well, I don't even know if I want to sell this to you really. And if, if somebody asked me to do a talk in, you know, like say 
<clears throat> Moscow or something, I'd go, well, I'm not sure if I want to travel that far. And, you know, it's a difficult place to go. You're going to have to pay me quite a lot for that. So then I'm in negotiating mode, aren't I? So the key is, you know, do you do all the selling first? Please buy me or my product. It's great. And then when they say, yes, I want it, you then go, ah, well, nah, ah, but I don't really want to sell it to you after all. Now we've got to negotiate. That's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So what I think the best way to do it is actually to do the two simultaneously. So while you're selling, you're also negotiating. So, for example, an early part of negotiating is to try to find out what the other person's weaknesses are. So if I discover that you've got nobody else booked for your podcast and you really want me, for some reason you're obsessed with having me on your podcast, you know, I've discovered that. So then I know I can charge you more for it. So, or, so, so therefore, I want to find out what your weakness is. And clearly, I can do that while I'm selling because I can say, oh, really, who else have you had on the podcast? And who have you got coming up? And why did you want to have me on there? And so while we're still building up the relationship, I'm also sniffing for your weaknesses, you know? And then part of selling is when you propose some sort of a solution to their problem. Mm-hmm. But that's really the opening offer when you negotiate, isn't it? That's when you put the number on the table and you look at them and you see if they react or not. So I think the two processes should be um, interleaved where you're doing both of them absolutely at the same time. And most salespeople don't really think about that. They, They concentrate on one or the other. And I think if you do all selling, you're then quite weak when you come to negotiate because you've basically begged them to buy. And it's quite hard then to say, but it's going to cost. And if you do too much negotiating, you end up maybe not getting the sale. So I've got a problem with my roof at the moment. Some tiles have moved, water's coming in. It's a bit of a problem. And I've been talking to these roof guys and they all go, well, that's going to be difficult, Chris. I mean, I mean, access is not easy and those tiles are very fragile and you're going to have to take loads off. You can't just put one new one on, you know, and and I'm thinking, don't you want this work? You know, so th- they're just negotiating from the start. And I'm thinking, well, if you're going to be like that, I'll get somebody else. They're going, oh, I can't do it till January. I'm thinking, well, I'll get somebody else. So they're not doing enough selling, mm-hmm. you know, and what they should, um, and when they eventually come out with a price, I'm going to think, well, that's expensive. So what they should be doing is saying, I'm really great. I'm going to look after you. I'm a really nice guy. You can trust me. And then they should say, it's going to be a bit expensive though, Chris, but don't worry about it because it's you'll have, you know. So they should be doing both in like a 50-50 ratio, I believe. Chris, when when you mentioned that, and I love the roofing analogy. It's a great analogy. But before that, what you were talking about is is actually the negotiation is the the building of the value of the transaction where you're having that that conversation and you're you're starting to build the value. I got to move all the tiles. I'm sitting here going, oh yeah, that's I, that's expensive. Mm. I know it's going to be expensive. It's a real problem I've got at the moment, yeah. But they're they're setting the stage for there's not going to be as much sticker shock because you're saying, well, here are the things I'm going to have to do to accomplish that. Yes. And, and it, it really is part of the value proposition of sitting down with the customer, the, the negotiate. So it's not something that just happens at the end. It's probably too late yeah. if you leave it to the end. Yeah. It's also the value to me, of course. So it's the cost to them if it's going to be, I'm going to have to move a load of tiles and put a scaffolding up. But it's also the value to me. So they should say, well, Chris, you need to look at this really soon because if water gets into your roof, you're going to have all kinds of problems. But it's hard for me to get there before Christmas because, you know, we've got so many other jobs on. But I guess we could maybe do it, if it but it's going to be expensive. So they need to. So I, I do this. If somebody says they might want a negotiating course, 
I, I partly go, well, I'm pretty busy and I don't want to travel. But I also say about value to them. So I say to them, why do you want this? And they say, well, I think we could be better at our buying. And I go, really? So how much do you think you're losing at the moment? And they say, well, probably we could probably get another 10% from everything we buy. And I go, so how much is that? And I want them to tell me it's worth millions. Because then I go, well, the good news is I can do that for only a few thousand. <laughs> and they go, oh, well, that's great. So I'm kind of softening them up by getting them to think about the pain to them. So it's partly my position of not wanting to do it really because it's difficult to do. But it's mostly the value to them, as you say, the value proposition of, of why they need it. And that's it's part of selling, but it's part of negotiating as well, isn't it? I really think the two... They, they mingle in together, even though one is moving towards and one is moving away. Well, one of the things that we've talked about on this show over the last four seasons a number of times, Brett knows exactly how many times, but is, is around needs analysis. And a lot of reps are like, we're going to do needs analysis at the beginning. And I'm like, okay, you're going to miss out on all <clears throat> of the expansion opportunity of that customer because assessing the needs of the prospect or the customer, if they're, a, they're an ongoing paying customer, is something you're just always doing. It, it's not, yeah. and I think negotiation kind of gets bucketed that, well, we only do it at the end, but now you've missed out on all the opportunity to get a higher value sale because you weren't, it's, it's part of building the value. So thank you for clarifying that. I, it's something that, you know, I think that our audience needs to take into account as we move forward, but I, I'm sitting here with bated breath waiting to get to your 10 tips. So, you know, where, yeah. where are we going next, Chris? Well, can I, can I say two things before we get to the tips? Because I think there's two really important things I want to say about negotiating generally to, that I would say to a salesperson. And the first one is that negotiating has a huge effect on profit. It has more effect than how much you sell. So, you know, if, if, you, if, you, can, if you drop your price 5% in order to get a deal, you've probably halved your profit. You know, most companies only make 10% profit. Mm -hmm. Salespeople think they're making 50% because they always look at the gross margin and they're looking at just direct costs. But if you add up all the costs in a company of everything, most companies make, say, 10% profit. So if a salesperson drops the price by 5%, which is nothing, they've halved the profit. So if you're going to do that, you've got to sell twice as much by doing that. And, and you're not going to. <clears throat> you will not sell twice as much by cutting your price from £90 to 85 You know, nobody cares about that. So, so the first thing I'd say to salespeople is don't drop your price. You know, don't negotiate. If anything, what you want to be doing is putting your price up by 5 or 10%. Because if you can get an extra 10% and charge, you know, 99 instead of 90 the customer doesn't care that if you've done a good sales job and they really want it. I mean, how much am I going to pay for my roof? I don't know whether it's 50 pounds or 500 pounds. I, I really don't know. I hope the roof guy's not listening to this. But <laughs> the point is, I don't, I don't care. You know, he's probably agonizing over to charge me 300 or 330, right? I don't care. Mm -hmm. I want it fixed. And that extra 30 pounds, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not even going to know. And so... If you can put your price up by, by 30 pounds, by 10%, you're going to double your profit. You can afford to lose half of your business and still make the same money and do half the work. 
you well, know, and and probably and do a better won't. a better job for you because yeah, because you by, can focus on just half the customers. Correct. Yeah, justify yeah, the higher expense by solving more of your problems and yeah. get and getting a better customer. You know, we've talked yeah. a lot this year, Chris, about the ideal customer profile. I find that a lot of businesses are selling to customers that aren't ideal instead well, of going and looking for more that are the perfect customer oh, that would pay a little language. Bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the customers who are most obsessed about price are the ones who are always a pain anyway. <laughs> they are always the most high maintenance. They're higher cost and you're getting less money from them. So they're going to be your loss makers. And why are they a pain? And the answer is because they're obsessed by price. They don't understand quality. They're just shopping around for the cheapest one. And, and that's just not a good start. So, and they have you know, no loyalty. Have, they have no, no loyalty to the brand whatsoever. Exactly. So I don't want those customers. Mm -hmm. so, so if you do put your price up by 10%, you'll lose a few customers, but you won't lose many. You won't lose half. Even if you lost half, it would be great because you'd make the same money and you'd have time to focus on the really good customers that you still had. But the reality is you probably won't lose any if you put your price up by 10% and you'll make double the profit. So, so I would say to salespeople, what you do on price is really important. You don't even notice it really, but really it's, it's really important. Put the price up, never put it down. And linked to that, my other sort of introductory thing I wanted to say is it's okay to walk away from a customer if they won't pay your price. It's absolutely fine to walk because the ones who won't pay the price are a pain. We want to get rid of them. And, and actually, I've been doing some maths about this, which I, luckily, because this is a podcast, I can't show you loads of charts and spreadsheets. But trust me, the best point to be at, the best price point to be at is where you're losing 50% of your business on price. So if you're a guy doing roofs and you're charging people 300 pounds, you want half of your customers to go, oh, I'm not paying that. I'll get somebody else. In which case, great, goodbye. Because if every customer goes, okay, great, let's do it. You left money cheap. on the table. Yeah, yeah you, you left, left a money. lot of money on the table. Yeah, because, I mean, suppose he charges me 330 and I go, okay. It could be that 330 was absolutely the maximum I was prepared to pay. And by pure chance, he's hit on that number. But that's pretty unlikely. The chances are if he quotes me 330 and I say yes, I would have paid 500. You know, so, so he's left 150 on the table. So if everybody says yes, you're too cheap. If 80% say yes, you're still too cheap. You need to be at a point where 50%. And if you don't believe me, do a little spreadsheet. Just do a what if. You know, what price would you go up to where you lost half your business? And at that point, how much profit are you making per customer? I know you've only got half of them now, but work it out. You'll be making more profit than if you're a busy fool down at the bottom with a cheap price. So as a salesperson, you've got to face the fact that you will lose people on price and that's fine. Now, that really goes against my grain. I mean, I want to get every order, you know, I hate it. When someone goes, I'm not paying that, but I have to stay strong and I have to make, say to myself, no, this is okay, you know, because this is going to maximize my profit and, and also give me the good customers. Well, and I, I think what we're talking about, um, as I listen to this and it makes a, a hell of a lot of sense, but I think what we're also talking about here is pipeline efficiency. So you have uh, X number of deals in your pipeline. You are, you are doing needs analysis. You're working them through the, the deal. You're mm. trying to find the solution for them. And if half of those will not pay the rate that you're asking for, you are charging at the right level. It, it, that's yes. what we're saying. 
That's right. That's right. And it's hard to know because if you take something like BMWs, you know, they probably don't get that many people coming in going, how much is the car? And then going, oh, I'm not going to pay that because those people have already been filtered out. They've already thought, I can't afford a BMW. They haven't even gone to look at one. And that's fine. You know, and BMW are fine about that. They've set their price so that half the people who want one can't afford one. So you've got to work out where in the pipeline they go and that they drop off. And that that's true. But the main thing is not to be too paranoid about losing business on price. And just a final detail before we then go off the top 10 is that some customers lie and they say it's price when really they didn't like you or they were worried about the quality. Or, but the easy option is just to go, yeah, it's a bit expensive. I'm going to pass. Okay. So maybe with my roof guy, I just don't trust him. He's a bit dodgy, you know, and I just say to him, actually, it's a bit expensive. I'm not going to do it. And I'll, get some, I'll find somebody else, you know. So I think if you've got 50% of people saying it's too expensive, probably only about 40% are really too expensive. And there's 10% lying. So you almost want 60 or 70% of your customers to be saying you're too expensive. Because then it's really 50 and that's the number you're aiming for. So, and you know, you really want to be hearing that often. Chris, have you ever ran into the case where the customer may have felt that it was too expensive? You still managed to bring them on as a client and then you just over deliver and they were like, yeah, that there was a lot of value against that yeah. price. Like, is oh, almost yeah. the negotiation stage where you're testing the go to market for the product or services that you have. It's, it's always yeah. a test. It's always a test. And I mean, repeat business is the thing is that is much easier business than new business. And repeat business is never on price because they've decided to buy from you. It's always about quality and service, isn't it? Really, it's customer service. That's the big thing. I mean, we could do a whole podcast episode on customer service because that's so important for repeat business. What I love about what you've set the foundation for here is that we're, we're really taking a look for ideal customers. We're using the price point based off the value proposition to see if the market will bear that price. And we're going to remove some non-ideal customers that maybe came across the line because you were way too cheap and it filled up everything. And now you're not able to serve the ones that you really want. So uh, I'll tell you what, of all Mm. the guests we've had over the last four years, you've done a great job of setting the stage. I'm sitting here with bated breath around the 10 tips, but I believe that we need to move to another episode to get to those 10 tips. So Chris, stay right where you are. And for you folks, we're going to come back with one more episode from the great Chris Croft from Pool England, where we'll finally unveil those top tips, but you're going to have to wait until next week right here on the Conquer Local podcast. I love that. Yeah. Tune in next time. You better be there. You better come back and find out what the top 10 tips are because they will not disappoint. Big thank you to Chris for sharing his stories this week. The odd time we get a guest and we're like, let's do two. So we're going to do two episodes. We'll have our second episode next week where we get into those top 10 tips. But here's our team's takeaways from the first episode. Time management, a big chunk of it is about saying no. And it's not about one big fix. It's about a number of little fixes that can get you 50 or 100 or 150 hours back. That starts to add up. But it's the little fixes that add up over a period of time. And then in negotiating, there are a number of tactics that we need to be using. And I just want to touch on a couple of them. Chris talks a lot about this walkaway point. 
Like, what is your deal floor? And I'm sure we'll cover more of that in the next episode, but it's about your worth. It's about establishing your worth in the conversation and then sticking to that worth and then trying to identify the weaknesses of the buyer. Well, that's pain point stuff, right? Like, where is the pain point? But also with this recognizing that negotiation isn't one stage of the journey. It happens throughout the entire journey of you dealing with a customer. You're negotiating every second that you are speaking to that client or that prospect. If you found value in this episode, please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This feedback helps us grow and better adapt to what you want to hear in future episodes. Be sure to subscribe to the Finney Award-winning Conquer Local podcast as we continue to welcome extraordinary sales leaders, marketers, and entrepreneurs. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast presented by Vendasta. Guest discovery by Jacob Soley. Marketing by Rory Lawford and Nicole Lozon. Produced by Brett Clarenbach. Executive producers Brendan King, George Leith, and Colleen McGrath. Recorded at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.